one, two, three, we're recording. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the S3 podcast. We don't really keep a track on the episodes. I think it's like 13 or 14 or something like that. But today, we have a very special guest. We have Danny Check or Daniel Check or however you know him by. Danny. He owns the company PB Performance Products. He does a lot of uh, chassis bracing and uh, very performance-driven products for the ST platform, uh, the Mazda platform. I think you're delving into Honda now, aren't you? I've been trying. It's just hard to get the R&D time right now. Well, so, what do you have, are you offering products for? Uh, so basically, uh, I have the whole Scion lineup. Um, a couple of Toyotas that basically were Scions. So like the Scion IM, that's now the Toyota IM, which is no longer the Toyota IM, and now the Toyota Corolla. Um, so I have those, uh, the CHR. Um, then I have the Mazda Speed 3, Mazda 3. Um, I also have, obviously, the Ford lineup, which is kind of like where I found my home. And I have the Nissan, Nissan Juke somewhere in there, too. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that car. <laughs> I did it as a, like, pet project. <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram because I didn't even know they made a Nismo Juke for the longest time. Oh, I was, yeah. It's I was so in sick. They can shake parking lot, and one pulled up next to me and complimented my focus, and I was like, what is that? Dude, is it's... It's a Juke Nismo. It's so sick. <laughs> it's so weird because all of a sudden this car keeps coming up again. I was just doing a, I know you're kind of a Mazda guy, but I was just doing a review on the uh, Mazda CX-3. You know, I and I'm just those. like, I don't freaking get it. Like, I want to love it so much. Like, it's a head turner, man. It's a good looking car, but Great I'm like, looking. it's slow and it doesn't have room. I can handle small if it's fast. I can handle slow if it's got some room or it can tow stuff or it can go off road, but it can't do any of it. <laughs> My buddy like, and I always have this conversation with the CX-3. We're always like, that's like, it's a, it's like a really useless car, but we both love it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm a total, I'm a total functional guy. Like everything is, is like track inspired. And I was like, but damn, if there was one car that I would like dump out on bags, it would be a CX-3. And I can't believe I'm saying that on a podcast, but like, <laughs> I just feel like that would be the sickest build ever, and it'd just be like one of those weird show cars. But other than that, like, nah, well, no purpose I mean, for that car. The, the goofy little thing, it does look like the future. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you look at it, you're like, this is what I figured cars would look like by the yeah. time I was an adult. You know? But yeah. Anyway, it got me. To, I, I was sitting there in the review. I was like, can somebody please explain this whole segment? Because I just don't understand. We're taking away the fun hot hatches and we're replacing right? them with not fun, <laughs> not functional small crossovers, oh except God. for the Juke, which is badass. The Nismo. Which one. they got. Anyway. They got rid of now. I they think. don't. Oh, they don't do the Nismo, or they don't do the Juke at all. I don't think they were doing the Juke anymore. I mean, someone will probably fact check me on that, but like, I think they replaced it with some really boring crossover, and like, uh, oh. not that you know. That's... I saw. Yeah. Well. Like yeah. everything. Else nowadays yeah, yeah. No, this was going to be about jukes huh but yeah no yeah i had that little nismo six speed as a press car one time and i was like dude this thing is kind of cool pointless but at least cool you know what i mean like it, it was kind of fun they're weird they don't have a whole lot of power uh they don't particularly handle well but like i just have this soft spot for them where they're, it's like i just want i want to play with them yeah they look like a frog and they're turbocharged i mean it's, yeah, it's yeah. Like, the interior is rad the seat oh, i love it but they're, like the, comfortable too. the back like, seat has no room though it, it drops off in the back and you got like it was frustrating with the child that's why i don't understand these things because it's like 
pointless crossover, right? And they're not really much cheaper than the size up, than this, you know, whatever, than the mid-size. And they don't really get better gas mileage a little bit, but... The Juke, when I went to go buy my Speed 3 in 2013, the Juke was like $5,000 more than my Speed 3 was out the door. And I was like, why? Like, I'm yeah. going to buy a Speed 3. Like, Yeah. <clears throat> I don't get it, man. Yeah, I, neither do I. I. I blame y'all millennials for screwing everything up. Yeah, that's like, that's a fair a fair statement. <laughs> I I, I, never, I, just, like, I never fit with the mindset of my like my peers. Like I, I don't know. Everything I've done has always been like either a generation back or like two generations back. So that's cool. <clears throat> no, I dig it. Um, anyway, well, yeah. I mean, I, it goes into cars like the ST because I. Why would you buy? <laughs> I hate to just be ripping on the CX three, but like you know, price point <laughs> is like the same. The freaking yeah. Focus has got more room, way more power, um, close to as good as gas mileage, and it's priced about the same. Did I already say yeah. that? I don't know. It's priced about the same. So, like, I don't understand why Ford is taking away those kind of cars and replacing it with an Eco Sport, which is anything but the name Sport. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's relatively like a Focus. It's I like, mean. it's Eco. Uh, yeah, but it ain't sport, you know, like, so... not even focus. It's <clears throat> its own breed. You should have given it its own name. Like, let it exist on its own, but... So, okay, so now that uh, Ford has kicked us all in the dick and taken away all their cool cars except for the Mustang and the Raptor, um, <clears throat> how does that affect you at TV performance? Like, I mean, like, because you put... You're, you're kind of pioneering. And All right, so for those of you guys that don't you know, give a shit about ST stuff or don't own one. Like it's a, it's a cult. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's, yeah, it really is. It's, it's a pretty savvy enthusiast overall that's buying these things. They kind of know what's up. They know what's going on. Um, you know, and and so it's got this cult following. There's companies like you and JST and these guys that are like kind of kicking ass. You know, serving this small little... I mean, because every Ford guy... It's kind of the counterculture, you know? Like, everybody knows really with is. the Hondas and the Nissans and shit. And so the Ford guys, it's an instant brotherhood. Um, so even though it's small and super niche, uh, there has been companies that have been able to kind of, like, get a footing and make a, a, a living in this, you know? Uh, so yeah. anyway, you're one of those guys. Um, <laughs> oh, and quick aside, just in case you're like, what the hell do they keep saying TV? Okay, so, like, he's making chassis braces and... and you know, throughout from from what I, I don't know what you call them, but from up front, underneath, you know, to traction bars, all the way to the booty boot camps in the back, which we were just making fun of. Nobody ever wants to say that, but that's like the trunk brace and everything. Um, and really, what did you? You said you saved like what a second and a half at what track or something? What? Yeah. So we we shaved like I think I think it was like a second, maybe a second and a half. Same driver, same car. Um, same conditions as one week after another um uh, just installing the trunk brace the the lower trunk brace not the booty boot camp but yeah. the trunk brace on the uh on the fiesta st um and like that's that's kind of it that's kind of one of those like things that stuns a lot of people because like a brace should not be yielding that kind of gain but the fiesta st and focus st chastity um have a tendency to respond really well to to bracing um and so yeah we, we shaved a ton of time off of a it's like a 40 45 second track for a fast driver uh 52 for like a normal person which track yeah. is that 
Uh, it's Adams <laughs> Motorsport Park. Uh, it's kind of like a. It's, a it's cool. It's like a, it's like. A, it, yeah, it's a little go-kart track, and it's like this family-owned and like operated uh, go-kart track that they open up for drifting and uh, and racing for cars. And like, it's 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 like its own community. It's like all these like these super like hood rat cars that show up and stuff. Like I was right at home in my MR2 when I rolled up there, and like it's it's a cool place, yeah. You know? And that's where a lot of the local guys that get big into racing, that's where they they get make their start is at uh, Adams. Well, and yeah, the killer thing with with your stuff is, you know, for, because the STs are new cars, um, it doesn't void warranty. Yeah, exactly. You know like, I mean? like a Ford Tech will never get mad about like. I mean, they get make it frustrated that the you know, oil hits the traction bar kind of funny when you yeah. do an oil change, but they're never going to avoid a warranty because it's it's you know it's a chassis. The chassis never needs to be uh, warrantied on a car. I mean, I see it like literally almost daily on like the Ford. ST pages. Somebody's like, I just picked this one up, man. What should I do first? And everybody's like, TV performance. You're not going to avoid anything. You're not stressing yep. the car anymore. You know, like it's not like you're putting yep. big turbos and stuff like that. And you're just using what you got and using it better. So, exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, okay. So, yeah, back to the Ford kicking us in the dick thing. Um, <laughs> so, like, what do you do? Like, what's your game plan? I mean, so yeah, like when that announcement came down, I, I was like, I was hanging out with my dad. And my daddy's own a business, and he's got a he's got a really good business mind. And I was like, I was like, Dad, like, what do you know? What do I do, man? Like, uh, like I, you know, I've spent I spent what like four years in this market, and like this is my home. And he was like, Oh, you're gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. There's enough for those cars made. You're gonna continue on selling those parts. And yeah. um, and he's right. Like, you know, I look at my MR2. Like, there's Two's RS. There's there used to be EMS powered. There's ATS Racing. There's all these companies that still exclusively make MR2 parts. And they um, they still exist and they still thrive uh, because that niche is their niche. Um, I do plan on diversifying uh, in the future, but that's that's a normal part of my business as it was, anyways. Like I got real big in the Scions. I did a ton of development on the Scions, um, like the t on the TC2 XB2 uh, IM chassis. I did a ton of R and D on it, and then um, they cut the Scions. And it was like that's no problem. I've already finished my R and D. I'll move on to the next uh, the next car, which happened to be the Fiesta and Focus ST. Um, so I'm gonna probably diversify into the the new uh, Subaru WRX uh, chassis and uh, STI chassis, and I also want to get in on the Mustang. But that's both of those are from a logistic standpoint of chassis bracing. They're uh, very different than a front wheel drive car. So there's there's some R and D that I've been working on and kind of figuring out how that chassis interacts and reacts uh, versus a front wheel drive chassis. That's awesome. So how do you um, so how do you decide that you want to get into chassis chassis bracing? Where it's the weirdest thing, you know. Like I was a I was a kid, and like I, I grew up watching like Monster Garage and American Chopper, and I I knew I wanted to be a, a fabricator. Um, and then I I had like the grades and everything to do. Um, to do like engineering and um and i just i don't i don't really fit with school you know so like i didn't <laughs> like i always got kicked out of classes and stuff because like a teacher would like get an argument with me and you know never me getting in an argument with the teacher it was always them getting an argument with me um, yeah. and, uh, and so i get thrown out of the class and uh i just i was sitting there one day i got really into cars in 2009 and i was sitting in class in 2010 and i wanted to go home and work on my car and i was in this geology class and i was like man screwing up like i want to do what i love and uh, then like you know six months later i i've been designing parts if, for everything from skateboards to bikes to stuff since i was a little kid and so i started designing parts for my car to race with a buddy up in the mountains by my house in Duluth. um and i started like getting a lot faster and my braces were obviously helping 
And then one day I was like, I'm just, I'm at this dead end job. I hate everything. So, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do it. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. So I started it like in 2011 and six months later, I quit my job and uh, I've been full-time TV performance products since uh, October, 2011. Hell yeah. That's cool, man. I admire the balls to uh, to do Like with S3, I was forced into the situation. You know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> like, uh, you're laid off. So you're either going to call your old boss or you're going to get unlaid off or you're going to like somehow it ended up that, you know, the guy, the, our old boss offered us the company. Um, but yeah, you know, like it, we, I was forced, but um, that's pretty cool that you did it under your own will and didn't just put it off till tomorrow and tomorrow and next year. And, you know, cause so many that's people like, do that and so many people miss out. Like how old are you right now? I'm 27. I'll be uh, 28 in like one month. So yeah. Like that, that mid twenties or whatever, like where you're at that fork in the road where it's like, what's it going to be, dude? Are you going to go the way that everybody goes? Or are you going to go the way that you want to go? And the thing and that's, is, a lot of people don't realize when you're 25, like, you're allowed to fuck up. You know what oh, I yeah, mean? Definitely. Like, like you could have yeah. started this and totally screwed up and missed rent yeah. and had to go Everyone get a job. Everyone expecting it and to happen. And it's fine because you're, yeah, well, he's just a damn kid anyway. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, I, I always preach that in the magazine. It's like, dude, like, your 20s is that point to, like, go for broke, you know, because you're setting, like, the habits of your life. Are you going to play it safe? Or are you going to go, you know, whatever, kind of jumping in the deep end or, or however you want to say it? But. It's the funniest thing because, like, as I've aged, you know, like, people were always like, oh, wow, you know, it's like, it's it's so nuts that you went out and, like, took that risk. And I was like, nah, it wasn't a big deal. And then, like, now that I'm, like, you know, getting a little older and stuff, I'm, like, looking back, I'm like, if I was presented the same opportunity that I was presented back in 2011, I would be like, ah, too risky now. Yeah. And it's, it's so weird. Like, the, it's for me, like, um, for me like 20 through through 25 i was just like dude just you know throw it all on black let's go for it let's see what happens <laughs> like, who cares yeah. like yeah i was like hey, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen <laughs> like i'm gonna be set back four years like five years okay whatever i have a crazy experience that like nobody else is ever gonna be able to have you know yeah. and i gotta i gotta run with it yeah so as you're so you said back in 2011 you started tv performance right yeah how did how long did it take before you you were finally like, okay, this is going somewhere. I'm doing okay because I'm sure when, if you're just like, you know what, fuck this, I'm gonna go out there and do what I love. I know that it doesn't come easy. I, I know that. What, what what was that like from starting with nothing to where you are? I mean, you're having to keep an inventory now yeah. because because you're you're selling stuff so fast. So how was the in between so so basically the like the start of it was it was really really rough um my dad and i had really bad conflicts like i used to always say like we were like you know the uh the tuttles and american chopper like we would just get in these screaming matches in the garage and he hated my business like absolutely hated it and like um when i started it he went i i used a lot of his tools he was a body man and a mechanic for most of his life and so like i was using a lot of his tools and i came outside one day and the toolbox was locked and the the everything was dropped over it so i couldn't get access to it and i was just like all right. And so I went out and I spent the last of my paycheck to get the tools that I needed, which was like a sledgehammer that I still use every day. Mm -hmm. And like some other like, you know, some, some basic tools. And um 
and then about six months after that, I um, I went and uh, I op- I started a shop. I actually was renting a unit um, uh, in my town, and so I went down there and I, I did that. And uh, it just, I mean, it's 2011. This is the height of the Great Recession, and uh, man, I didn't I didn't have anything. I didn't have any orders. I didn't have any tools. I didn't have anything. Uh, and there were a lot of days. Uh, I think the longest I went was about two or three days where I just didn't eat because I didn't have any food. Uh, and like, Damn. uh, my, my dad, like, uh, at the time he, I, I'm, I'm a very picky eater. Uh, and so he would only buy uh, a tuna and all we had at the house was tuna and I, I will not eat fish. <laughs> and so, so you live I by mean, the ocean, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but so he, he had that. And so all I, I would, I would go to work and, uh, my next door neighbor, thankfully was a, is a really nice guy. His name's uh, Tito. He owns a, a custom upholstery shop. And he just, he was like, he's always like, yeah, you look so, you, know, you look so hungry. And so I'd go and I'd like pull staples on his like seats and stuff so that he could uh, reupholster him. And I do that for hours so that he would buy me lunch. And I just did that over and over and over. And, um, and I remember there was this one time my friends came to the shop and, uh, and Javi and Kyle were sitting there with me and I, they were like, let's go get food. And I was like, all right, you know, and I, we went, and they go, you know, <laughs> they're, they're like, they're like, what, you know, what are you going to order? You know, it's my turn to go up and order. And I was like, I, I, I'm good. And they're like, you know, why, why not? And I was like, I, I don't have enough money. Like I, I got to make rent. So, yeah. and so like my, my buddy Kyle pulled me aside and he was like, he looked at me. He's like, he's like this weird big brother. And he like looked at me and he was like, you know, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy you a burger. And he was like, but I want you to know, I don't have any sympathy for you. You've chosen this life. You get a, you get to sleep where you, you know, the bed you made. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking for sympathy, you know? And he was like, he's like, all right, cool. And, you know, we hung out for the rest of the night and stuff. But that always, like, sat with me because it was, like, I never was, like, looking for that sympathy. Like, I, I made that choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up in poverty. I didn't have, you know, bad cards dealt to me. I chose a really, you know, ridiculously risky and stupid choice. So uh, it was a really – so it was a really hard, like, start. And then the middle was kind of, like, I could pay my bills. I was able to have a speed three. I was – I moved my shop back into my parents' house. And I was paying them rent instead of paying the landlord rent. <clears throat> and – um so I was doing that, and uh, and I was I, I wanted to buy a house, so I started saving up a ton of money to buy a house, and uh, and yeah, I mean, so the middle was just kind of I just kind of could make ends meet, and then uh, then I got into the ST world, and it was like that was that was where it hit. Like I got into a group of people that like not only understood what a chassis brace was, but desired it. Um, these were people that were coming. I found a lot of people were coming out of the Subaru world, coming out of the Evo world, coming right, out of the Speed yeah. world. And so it was this like mashup of all the industries that I was very familiar with and all the like uh, in- intellect from those cars all translated into it. So the customer base was already educated into my products. And uh, and at that same time, my skill set had gotten to a point where I was able to produce uh, significantly more complex parts than before. And so I was able to, to give the community what they wanted. And uh, it's been the craziest thing as it's grown. The My ability and my what I've learned to do and fabricate has like gone right along with the growth of the st and so like you know i got into building downpipes and it was like i finally learned how to do that kind of work i was able to jump into that and then uh like now with the the crash bar that i just released for the focus st that uh that unit's like all the 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 thinking design work and all that is all years of the fabrication that piled up um and so yeah that midsection was a it was a weird weird section and then like one day it just was like you know i'm falling i'm free falling into this market and it's you know i've never looked back at after that point that's awesome i remember 
similar situations in the early days of S3. It was like, I remember one point being in, in like the grocery store and I had a box of like the grocery store brand macaroni, which was like 60 <laughs> cents. And I was like, okay, I put it in the, in the, in my little basket, you know? And I remember walking somewhere else and being like, I don't need that, you know, like, so, and, I, and I go and put it back and then I keep going somewhere else. I'd be like, but I could make two meals out of that, you know, like, yeah. and literally, and I remember sitting there thinking, I am in this freaking grocery aisle, like contemplating box macaroni, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, he does. This is bad, it's, dude. This is bad. It's but, total, total but, character building. Like, yeah, I was going to say, if you guys are, in, if anybody listening is in that situation, it it's sucks. worth it but yeah I, no like i was gonna say it sucks but it's also like the good old days are happening to oh, you yeah. right now like and you feel everything more when you're that desperate you know what i mean it's kind of you just i don't know you want it more it makes you more passionate about what you're doing people are always like you know well how does s3 survive you know because it's a print magazine it's a more and more digital world and i'm like because we're shitty businessmen. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we were smart, we would have quit a long time ago. But and we I just that's, keep that's doing exactly it out it. of just it's pure whole, stubbornness. Yeah. It's the whole, like, won't quit thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's that's exactly it. If like, you literally will not quit, eventually you'll get somewhere, you know? Yep. You just um, keep throwing things at the wall until something sticks. And it's, damn, it's, when it sticks, you just <laughs> that, thing. that, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, it brought me back for a second. I forgot about that until you were telling your story. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, another thing I was just taking notes on as, as you were talking about kind of the, you know, the WRX mindset and the ST mindset, and these guys are kind of performance-driven guys, and they try and study the chassis. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the, I don't want to say the younger guys, but a lot of the guys maybe messing with the more seen cars, they don't. Uh, basically what I'm getting at is in a photo driven world of Instagram and Facebook and all that shit, do you have trouble like, because your parts aren't Instagram yeah. parts. I mean, oh, you yeah. could... before we get into this, yeah? I, I want to bounce off of that, that I was really impressed with you because before I even became associated with ST or anything like that, I told, I told Danny this over text message, but when I first got my Focus ST well over a year ago, probably pushing a year and a half ago, the, I was looking, I bought, the first thing I bought before 1,000 miles was a Roush Catback, and then I wanted to do a Catalyst Downpipe. So I posted in a forum called ST Drivers on Facebook, and I said, Dude, it, what, what do you guys recommend? And they said, Danny, TV Performance. So fling. <laughs> Danny, I think Danny actually shot me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, man. I see you do that all the time. You're like, yeah. hey, dude. Do you so need anything? Like, Let me know, man. You're looking for. I said, okay, cool. So, you know, I followed him on Instagram or whatever. So for a prob for over a year, not only have I had his Catalyst downpipe, but I've been following him on social media. And you hate seeing cars. You I were am. like, <laughs> if you do not track your car and if you do not win – I'm not giving you anything. Oh, really? That's a funny thing because his Facebook bio, his Instagram bio, <laughs> everything associated with CJ performance says, do not ask me to sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's it's like I I'm not kidding. Like uh, I get asked like before I had that I was getting asked like 
daily, sometimes hourly for like, hey, man, I've got 10,000 followers on Instagram. Will you sponsor my car? And I was like, yeah, yeah. what do you got done to your car? And they'd be like, oh, you know, I've got an MBRP cat back. I've got an MBRP downpipe and I've got a CPE motor mount and I've got a, uh, you know, pick a brand front mount. And I'd be like, okay, you know, so do you race? No, but, you know, I, I got a bunch of followers on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah. dude, like that's that's cool and all, like, but you have you have a very generic build, and you're you're not passionate. Like, if you're passionate, you'd be out beating the hell out of your car like the rest of us, you know? Go do that. That's that's where <laughs> that's where the money's at. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like surrounding myself with people who are care about how many Instagram likes they get. I care about people who are like how how much they love what they do. You know so I mean? it's that's... that bad, huh? In the modern oh, world. Cause like with a magazine, oh, I don't deal with that, but I see a lot of our advertisers get driven up the wall, like by people just like, will you sponsor me? I have this many followers. It's actually funny. I'm, I'm really glad I can finally make a public mention of this. Yeah. So if you go on my website in the contact us, there's a contact us and sponsorship request. If you get a chance, go through it, okay? This is, like, my buddy and I sat down, O'Brien McQuaid. You, you, I'm sure yeah, you're familiar yeah, yeah. with him. Yeah, so Obi is, like, my best friend, right? And so Obi and I were, like, I got a, re a request for it. And he's, like, let's go fix your website so that people can ask to be sponsored. And so Obi's, like, the biggest internet troll I've ever experienced in my life. And so he set this thing up with me. We go through and we edit the website. And it's, like, you know, it's got, like, the normal questions of, like, what, do you, what mods do you have? What shows do you go to? And all that kind of stuff, which puts people into this, like, false state of security. And then you get lower <laughs> to the bottom, and it's, like, describe your car. And it's, like, hashtag stance life, hashtag built not bought, and, like, all these, like, trendy, like, things. And, like, none of them matter. I don't care. I just laugh <laughs> at which one they select. And then further down, it's, like, name the president of Nicar Nicaragua or the motto of Nicaragua. <laughs> And then it's like, who's the president of like some like country in Africa? And then it's like all these ridiculous questions. And the whole reason is just so that we can like, I laugh like half of the, like the motto one is half of those things in Spanish are like, my car is slow. I'm stupid, <laughs> like stuff like that. And so like, I have all these things on there just to see and like half the time the person will just pick one of them and they'll pick the one that makes fun of their car. <laughs> and like, I'm not, I don't even respond to them. Like I, I just get these sponsorship requests and I laugh at it and I move forward. And then it loops on itself when you submit it and it says, please read the FAQ. We're no longer selecting uh, sponsorship vehicles. <laughs> and in the in my contact us, it says there's no sponsorship vehicles. And so it's like, I bet you wish you would have read the FAQ first before you wasted your time. Oh, I am. And it's like, I've gotten, like, I had this one customer. I'm sure a lot of people get pissed off by it. And, like, fair enough. I understand. But I had this one customer that responded to me. And he was like, hey, man. He's like, you got me good. And I was like, that was all his email. Was. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, your, your sponsorship us. That is the funniest thing ever. And I, like, I think... I think I gave him like 10% off his order because he was like super chill about it. And like, obviously, he was a cool guy because he yeah. thought it was fun. Like, took the time out of his day to tell me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's horrible. People want everything for free. And like, you know. Yeah. You know, I got, oh, I got a couple thousand followers. So, cool, dude. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because me and uh, Mike, the other owner of S3, are, are plotting, I guess, if you want to call it that, to do a little podcast on that kind of thing because I was talking to a guy, the guy that I ride mountain bikes with, one of the guys, he works for Yokohama, he tracks up LS Turbo 240 and stuff, and um, and we were talking about sponsorship, and it's like, where is this going? Because like, and again, I'm kind of giving away this podcast that we're going to do next week, but it's like, where is it going to go? Like, people, 
like reputable companies are no longer sponsoring people based on their talent or innovation or possible performance or anything like that. It's strictly how many followers do you have and how many of your followers can we like leech on to, you know, and, and it's just like, I mean, that's cool. I get it. You know, like these guys are desperately trying to like get exposure, but like, what's it going to do to the culture? You know, like there's not yeah, gonna be any, I, we're going to hit I, this wall because somebody that's just internet cool, you know, but maybe not as talented. I mean, you're only going to get so far before. I just... think that's like a, I think that's a real problem though, because like, uh, like I, like marketing wise, you're not, you're no longer grabbing, you're no longer grabbing the people that are passionate. You're grabbing about the people who can sell themselves well. Yeah. And and you know that's one of the things with my business is I never really wanted to be the sellout. Like I never wanted to be the guy who did that. Like I always yeah. cared about staying true to like my roots, which like TV is track built performance. Like this is all motivated for you to go fast. And and if you don't, if you're not down with that, like you can go buy someone else's parts that are cheaper, but they don't have the time in it. Um, and I I think that's kind of where we're going is we're not really so worried about like the the industry is not so worried about actually making cars fast anymore. It's about just selling products that you know someone on instagram can go tell other people to go buy and i don't know it's kind of sad to me like that's not yeah, yeah. i got into this because i wanted to make a fast car like you know that was, that was the whole point yeah i mean and and for me you know i've been messing with whatever imports since like 96 you know and 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 it maybe i was just a kid but it feels like you know from 96 to 03 or whatever like it was peaking man it was like yeah. innovation after innovation just because you bought something last year, it was like obsolete the next year, and there was all this new stuff coming out, yeah. freaking, you know, all this cool, all this cool shit. And like, I feel like now, not only has it gotten stagnant, but then you have the internet where you can buy used parts from across the country, you know, so you got scavengers, and really you don't have a reason to tell them not to scavenge in a lot of cases, because, I mean, let's be honest, like a freaking. I don't know, exhaust from 2003 looks about the damn same as a new one. Or, you and that's, know, that's, that's one of the issues I've had is like, uh, <laughs> like with my products, like they, they're not a consumable, you know what I mean? And like, I designed them to be like bulletproof parts. Yeah. And so like, I had this one customer that like, he messages me and he takes a ton of time. Like, I mean, like hours that I've spent talking to this guy about parts and he'll go out and he'll just buy it used. And it's like, it's, it, you know, it's like, I, I can't blame him. Like, Hey dude, props. Like I, I've done that before myself, but like, yeah. uh, but you know, it's, it, it's one of those things if I'm always like, well, what can I do to like encourage new purchases? And like, the only thing I can do is like basically, uh, keep revising my parts with technology that I'm learning, but it's like, that's not something I can just, you know, whip up one day. Like I actually yeah. have to like, I like, I'll have a you know, midnight, like, oh my god this is what i gotta do and i run out to the shop and get it done um but that only happens when it happens you know what i yeah. mean it's hard it's hard it's yeah. really hard so are you afraid that it might get to that point where you're gonna have so many mid chassis braces out there that people are gonna start buying new <sighs> kind people of a little bit, new? A, a little bit of a little bit of anxiety on it but i've at this point, I mean, God, I've I've got thousands of parts out there, um, and a lot of people when they go to like sell their car, they just like some things like you know if the like powder coat is, um, you know if the powder coat doesn't look right, they'll just kind of chuck it in the trash and move on. Um, and especially with like 
niche products like chassis braces they just kind of they're done with the car they're done with the the you know the scene they move on and so i haven't seen too bad of an issue with it the one that's bad is with the the downpipes because my downpipes like i like really over engineered those downpipes and so they're like they're just they're gonna last forever and um and I so those things looked at mine since i put it on and you dude, I'll, I'll bet it looks almost exactly like it did <laughs> like a little more discolored but like it like and and with those it's like those pop up on the used market and what, what like kind of stings a bit on it is like the resale on my downpipes will like so it's a 350 dollar part shipped i've seen them sell for 325 used with like 30,000 miles on it wow and i'm like i'm like damn so like it's cool that my parts are holding the value but like yeah that's kind of like, sucks dude, for me uh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like how am i gonna compete with myself yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of a it's kind of an issue but I mean, by and large, it doesn't seem to impact the aftermarket community too terribly much. Yeah, and you're you're, do, you're really doing good by innovating on new platforms. Like you said, you started out with the ones before, and then you ended up on the ST platform, where it really took off. When did you decide to hit the ST platform? What year? Uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, I think it was like uh, March 2014. But I started with the. I started with the Fiesta a Fiesta base model when it came out, so I was really drawn to that car. Uh, I had a friend who had an automatic transmission Fiesta sedan, and he wanted to make a race car out of it. And I was like, "All right, man, whatever, I'll make your dreams happen." <laughs> and so, like, so we put all these braces on it, and like, the dude kicked the shit out of a bunch of Mazda Miatas that were like turboed and shit at autocross, and and like he and I, he subsequently became one of my best friends. And um, anyway, he like. That whole that that Fiesta when I I started moving on and I was like I need to find another car the they cut the TC and I was like well the Fiesta was always kind of something I liked and there's a market that already is semi familiar with me so I jumped on the Fiesta and then like it didn't take much more than a couple of like a couple of months before people were like the Focus ST is the numbers car as far as how many were produced and how much are being modified. And I started laughing because, like, my original R&D was Mazda Speed 3s, which, for the average person, they don't know this, but that's a Ford C chassis. So the chassis is almost identical on the front end. And so I was like, this traction bar that the speed community never believed worked, I'm going to try it with the the Focus ST guys. So I tried with Focus ST guys, and, you know, uh, they latched onto it. And now it's funny because now the speed guys are like, oh, that part works because you have all this info. And I'm like, yeah, but like five years ago, you guys told me I was a nut job and that doesn't do anything. So <laughs> it's kind of a long-winded explanation of how I, how I selected getting into that market. But almost all my markets that I've gotten into were because um, I had a deep passion for it. So like when I, it's going to sound weird, but like I saw the Kia Forte Coupes uh, back in like 2012. And I was yeah. like, that's a little car, you know, like I, I can see what's going on there. And so I jumped in and I started building parts for him and like that that community like really embraced me and like we took off with it. Um, unfortunately, that community was really short lived and uh, I had a vendor that just like went on this total like character assassination rampage. Which anyway, that's another story. But I left that <laughs> I left that market after that. And um, but that that's a car that I had passion for. The Fiesta I had passion for. The Focus I had passion for. The Speed I had passion for. The Juke I do. Like nobody makes parts for the Juke because. <laughs> companies don't see money in it but like i make parts for the juke because i'm like no there's somebody out there that's like me that bought a juke and like <laughs> they're gonna want to do something and i need it's my obligation as a fabricator to make sure that they have access to those parts like right. so 
So I won't, I won't discontinue it, even though I sell like two of those every year. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll probably have a Juke Nismo one day. When you can yeah, scoop hey, one let, up let me for know, not money. Uh, <laughs> let me know. I'll go. I'll fly out there and I'll uh, I'll just, help you do some ignorance to that car. It's that kind of car. It's like it's the same mentality as the Fiesta, but like even more so. Where you're just like, I'm gonna make this damn thing cool, and I'm gonna make people like see it the way I see it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um. So you, yeah, I don't. Uh, know. What's that? Do you think that? Your success on the ST platform and you being as popular as popular as you are on it comes from the fact that you got onto it so early. I'm like, first off, it's kind of kind of weird. Like, I, I don't I don't see myself as like popular on the platform, so it's like it's strange to hear that. Like, I, I'm I still like kind of feel like I'm a real like nobody uh just trying to trying to make ends meet but i, I mean thanks for the compliment that's like it's a huge huge deal um no yeah, but uh, that's just I, that's just because i think you're a humble guy like you don't see it the way that you know you don't see it as the reality basically you know what i mean like but take it back but, uh, earlier on that on um st drivers on facebook there's like thousands of people on that forum and it, your name probably got recommended at least 200 times. You, I, I, I think it's because of my, like, won't stop, like, can't stop, won't stop attitude with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, uh, like, I'm always, I'm, I, I, it's annoying. I'm always on Facebook, but I'm always, like, trolling through trying to find, like, because, like, my, my big thing is, like, there's a Jay-Z line that, like, Jay-Z's kind of been, like, my, my giant thing with business. And there's this Jay-Z line where it's, like, I, I treat my first like my last and my last like my first. And so, like, I'm always, like, I always try and remember like that I've I've been broke from this business and I I know that I always had to hustle hard to like get known. And so like I make sure to treat like every every customer and every potential customer as like that is the same thing as my first customer even though that's the most recent. Like this is I got to make sure I can I can help him. So I think that is part of it and then the other part is a little bit of the timing. Um timing into a market's kind of important. I came in right when like the like bell curve for the for the focus and fiesta like it was like just starting to hit that that sweet spot um and people were really starting to take it seriously and then at the same time there wasn't a whole ton of aftermarket support and so it was one of those things of like I could present a product that was warranty friendly that was cheap that performed well that so it kind of grabbed the market at the right time to where people were drawn to that kind of stuff where like right now um, I'm competing with people that are saying stuff like, you know, what you should do to your car is a limited slip differential and a big turbo. And it's right. like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm, de <laughs> I'm definitely not saying you shouldn't do that. Like that's badass. Like, yeah. but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to compete with numeric numbers of like that makes 550 horsepower on the dyno and my traction bar is something that's intrinsic and is feel-based, and I can't really give you any data outside of it feels awesome when you've yeah. installed it and trust me on it. Like, yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of timing. A little bit of timing on that one um, and a little bit of, like, you know, three in the morning trolling Facebook while, I, you know, while I'm doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that the ST community – they they just get it like that's why we did the you know we went after it and we were doing the Ford Attack and we you know it it looks on the surface like Ford sponsored S3 and we went 
and got a dollar Mustang and a dollar Fiesta. But that's not what happened. Like, yeah. what happened is we drove the cars because we get press cars, and we we're like, holy shit. Like, if you put tape over the Ford freaking logo on the steering wheel, I would swear it was some damn import. You know, this thing reminds me of the way cars felt like around, you know, the turn of the century. You know, yeah, exactly. It reminds, like the Fiesta is the most 90s freaking import ever. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. It, just, it, it, just it really shouldn't be legal. Like, that's yeah, how I feel about absolutely. it. Like, it is... It's just like it's one of those things. Like my my MR2 sure as hell would never be legal currently. Yeah. Because it's just I mean it's too properly fun. Yeah. And like Fiesta ST is like it, it, they took everything that made Dude. that car culture in the 90s and early 2000s. They like, took all that, condensed it into a thing, and labeled it the lamest car possible: Ford Fiesta. Fiesta. And they gave it out just to, like to just to run <laughs> off the posers. Yeah. I mean, no, like so that. I mean, and the funny thing is, when the car first came out, I was obsessed. I wanted one. I was drawing like little diagrams of what it would look like and stuff. And then I put it out of my mind. You know, life went on for a few years. And then it came back. I had to have it. I went over to uh, JJ, at, which is Athens Ford. He's like a he's a Ford dealer, but he's in the uh, in the car community, you know. And so everybody in Georgia kind of buys their STs from him. And uh, and he had the red one. And it was right after Mike, my business partner, went and bought the red Mustang, right? Which I kind of want. I had Mustang fever, and I was like, dude, if you don't go get this car, like I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna get all these parts through the magazine. It's gonna hurt so bad to watch me make all this power. And uh, and he went, and he's like the most responsible bastard in the world. And he went and he bought the car, and I was kind of like, you know, frozen in my tracks, and I was like. Son of a bitch. All right, I'm going to beat you with a Fiesta now. And so I, it just so happened that JJ had a red used one, you know. And I went and drove it, and it was immediately like my freaking 97 front-wheel drive Eclipse again. I was just, yep. it's like motor, or it's not even motor, it's turbo and whatever, seats. And that was it, yeah. man. And it was just like so elemental and so awesome. I was like, dude, I, I got a freaking hat. I don't know, man. And that's why we did the whole... Ford Attack, it was a genuine thing. You know, we saw potential in the enthusiasts, you know, like we see a lot of we see a lot of bullshit, you know, like we do a lot of oh, Hondas yeah. and we do a lot of Nissans and these cars are 20, 25 years old now and we see the that scavenger mentality we were talking about and the used parts and the JDM obsession and we see how all that stuff is basically imploding the aftermarket. You know, yep. like like it makes it really hard on a guy like you when you're competing with freaking oem jdm shit that's getting containered over on the slow boat and then you you know you got all this used parts in the u.s and it and so we we're like damn dude like these focuses it's like a renaissance it's like hondas it were is. in the 90s you know what i mean it was like this stuff these guys have jobs they're buying new cars they're commuting in them so like they're keeping them on the street. They're buying new parts for these new cars. They understand what performance is. They're not like too caught up on freaking Instagram and bags and neutered ass cars that drive like an abortion. Um, <laughs> you know, and Could so have said it better. <laughs> we're, yeah, dude, we were like, dude, there, there, there's something here. And not only that, but we were watching like people were starting to swap these EcoBoosts into other cars. And because they put EcoBoosts into freaking Ford Escapes, like the prices were low. And it was like, dude, yep. okay, this is the Honda thing all over again. Like we got to get oh, yeah. behind this. And so we did. And then Ford pulled the rug out from, <laughs> from everybody. And it, 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 I'm, still, I'm still salty. 
Actually, I, that I kind of feel like they're they're like I, I'm I don't have any inside information here. This is just the ramblings of. I was gonna know, ask me. you this, dude. Hold on. My next question was in your whatever un unfiltered opinion. Do you think they're gonna bring it back? Oh you, hell yeah. Oh, you know, is this yeah. a hiatus or is this like gone? So, so I got I got two hypotheses on this. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm also the dude that has like a bug out bag upstairs and like the economy's gonna crash. Buy gold, buy. Like, <laughs> so like you You're know, like take, take this and... with a grain of salt. Anyone that's listening to this, yeah. but um, but my my personal opinion is there's there's two things. Um, one, it may have been a way to like rejuvenate that market is to you know into I they they're still selling new STs. So there was a massive inventory of these cars. And so it may have been a way to dump STs and where a buyer isn't like, I'll just wait six more months and get a, you know, the next generation. Right. Um, and it may have been one of those things, or it may be genuinely a logistics thing with China and all the trade crap. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm not, I'm not an econ major. That's my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it may have been that, but I do feel like uh, there's there will be a revival of it and the other option is um the second this economy um takes any kind of a, a little dip i mean i don't think we're gonna have a great recession again but we're statistically due for a recession in within now to you know a couple of years from now so when that happens are you really going to be buying a f-150 pickup truck or are you going to be looking at the yeah, Ford dude, Fiesta? I got a press you know, release today, as a matter of fact, that said gas is the highest now that it's been in four since uh, four years or something like that. You yeah, know? Uh, and it's—I don't know what it's doing in Southern California. I can only imagine it's freaking astronomical. Well, but like, I don't even—I don't even look at the numbers on it. I just. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. Like it, it just sucks. So I just like we have this stupid gas tax on everything right now. Like we have like four different like excise taxes on our gas, and uh, states out of control. But yeah, uh, that's neither here nor there. I'll save that for a libertarian political rant one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a mess. But, yeah, but like, you got the beach. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's great. No, I can't yeah. put a downpipe on my car without getting arrested. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, do that. Does the California cops? I know that they, you know, they come down hard on like the Honda guys and the SWAT guys and all that. What about so, rolling around in a modified Focus? So there's. So I've I've had a I had a 2013 Mazda three. Um, I've always been a fan of the whole like keep it clean and simple on the outside, mm -hmm. with the exception of this thing. <laughs> uh, so, but like my my Speed three was like it was bone stock. Um, I had a lip on it finally one day. Um, and that was that was the extent of the exterior on it. Uh, I kept a stock cat back, but I was full bolt-ons otherwise. I was front mount, downpipe, high-pressure fuel pump internals, uh, three-inch HTP intake, like professionally tuned by Stratified. Uh, and in doing that, I never got screwed with once. Um, I was pulled over for speeding one time, uh, and the guy never even like said anything. And I had a I had an HKS SSQ at the time on, yeah. and. Um, and he never said anything to me, but at the same time, it was a brand new car. I was in a button-up. I looked nice yeah. and like presentable, um, not like how I normally look, which is kind of like a bum. Um, and then, and, you know, it's a clean car. I think a lot of the grief comes from uh, when you have like you know a ratty old car, which is unfortunate because those are badass cars. But like you know, if you have you got the you know drilled holes in your muffler and it sounds like a swarm of bees behind you, those are the things that get you. Um, you know, if you cut your exhaust off, at, yeah. you'll get it. A uh, window tint, window tints like immediately, like yeah, you're gonna end up with your hood popped. 
Yeah, because um, you're probable cause rolling down the road. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that's that's exactly how I refer to it. Like when customers ask me, I'm like, just don't be rolling probable cause. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just if you don't, you know, like keep your license plate on the front. Don't yeah. give them any reason and like you won't and then obviously like always hit them with the yes sir, no sir. Um be nice, courteous, and don't threaten them, and you'll be okay. Um, but like, I do worry about my my MR2 because my MR2 is like it's catless. There's no EGR. There's no EVAP. I probably shouldn't be admitting to all this on something that's going to be public. <laughs> and yeah. It's obviously a motor swap uh, on it, and so it's like none of that is carb compliant. None of it ever can be carb compliant. There's there's no way back now. Um, and it's you know it's a red mid engine sports car that mm-hmm. makes a shit ton of noise. Um, and so I worry about that one quite frequently, but like, you know, we have, I have like a system of friends in California. Like we have, uh, smog checkpoints on the road, like DUI checkpoints, but for smog. Yeah. Um, and like, so I, I constantly update stuff where it's like, Hey, Rancho California road, Temecula smog checkpoint right next to Albertsons. Anyone modified, get out of the way. And like, I'll tag people that like work in that area and be like, Hey, so what do they sure. do? What, I mean, what happens if you roll up there and you don't have a cat? Do they like impound the car or do they say, so all right, like, look, here's your thing. Get it fixed. And there's a couple of things like, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not, I can't give legal advice or anything, but like right. supposedly you can tell them to piss off. Um, and be like, I gotta get to work. Sorry, I gotta go. Like, I smogged my car a year ago, and it's every two years, so I'll, I gotta go. But they normally what they do is they like point at you. They'll like, you know, they pick out basically what looks like a modified car, and they right. say, get up here, and they run you on the dyno. And if you don't pass, they hit you with a ref ticket, like right then and there, and you have to go to a state referee, which is, it's like a, it's like a trader. You know what I mean? Like one of the guys that was all into modified cars and stuff. Oh. That, uh, that he works for the state it's now. A freaking just, narc. Yeah, he puts it in every uh, every modified car guy. You know, all it was was some dude that got the shit beat out of him over and over and over because he had a slow car. And yeah, he so he walks over and goes, "That's a B eighteen, whatever, whatever." whatever. Exactly. It's not you, an original. B sixteen swap that car. thing, and you can't have that. <laughs> like, yeah, so God, that's his job. California, come on, man. Yeah, like really, like, we have we have gang problems. Like we have you know opioid problems here, and we're worried about like, oh, this guy's got a catless exhaust system. Yeah. Well, see, I always thought in a roundabout, unofficial way, maybe it was a way to check up on the gang type of shit. You know what I mean? It's just because, you know, you see a couple of dudes rolling in a modified car. You know they're up to no good the second you look at them. And so they're like, ah, well, that car doesn't look legal. Let's see what's going on here. You know, yeah. but but yeah, I never really knew like. You know, if, the, if if you're nice and polite, do they say, all right, man, nice car, have a nice day? Or do they go, hey, let's screw you. I've had, I mean, dude, like I've where had, I live, I don't have emissions. Like, I have nothing. Like, must be nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, the thought <laughs> yeah, never no. occurs to me. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have, like, that the whole electric cutout that I used to sell for the Focus ST, that's, that's based off of, like, California mindset of, like, if you want to go fast, you're going to at some point need a, you know, a free flowing exhaust, but the only way around it in California is to electric cutout. You know what I mean? Where you're like, cops come and flip the switch and you know, you're, you're quiet. And then like, Oh, okay. You know, some Honda wants to race me to dump it and just like blow it right off the turbo and, you know, go blow the doors off of some car and then back to, back to being a good guy, you know? So, That's so like, funny. it's, it's a real, a real thing that you think about here, you know? And like yeah. I, a lot of the whole like OEM plus style thing that, that people have been doing, which, has hurt the market a lot yeah um a lot of that comes i think from like the california mindset of like we got to keep this where it looks like it's oem it's legit and i'm not going to get screwed with by a cop because a cop's not going to open the 
if you have like a giant, you know, like CPE intake, yeah, yeah, you know it's not forward. But if you've got like a green filter in your, okay, whatever, no big deal. Or you got yeah. a front mount that's blacked out, okay, not a big deal. But you know, if you've got you know the cut through front mount that's hanging out the front and stuff, like yeah, that's where you start getting screwed with. Yeah, it's Man. in SoCal right now because like here on the East Coast. I'm seeing everything on Facebook about how cops are cracking down on any and every modified car, especially in Southern California. Is that as bad as people are making it out? Nah. Like, I mean, granted, I, I live in Temecula. It's a, like, very, like, middle-class, suburban, like, it's a bedroom community. I'm not in, like, Los Angeles or San Diego where this is a different story. But by and large, I, I know a lot of people that are straight-piped. I know a lot of people that have vent atmosphere blow-off valves. And... We all continue our life, you know what I mean. So it's—I don't think it's as bad, but it is—it's uh, there, you know what I mean. You—you—you you, you sign up for it. You know what you're getting into. You know <laughs> that the, the chances are you keep your stock parts. You're ready to go. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just cat and mouse, pretty much. You, yeah. You back to stock whenever you have to go in for smog, or do you just? Oh yeah. So so um. How how do I say this not incriminatingly? Uh, so if so one or two do this. So <laughs> so yeah, if if one did not want to go back to stock, uh, <laughs> there are people that run smog shops that you can get in contact with right, right. for vehicles like this that will never pass. And if you um you know if you pay them the right amount, they uh, they make it go away. Um, but see, that's the California life. <laughs> That's yeah, you know, I mean, because you know, when you think of Southern California, that's like freaking car guy, hot rodder, oh, yeah. epicenter, man, and and it just sucks to hear that they're freaking strangling that. You know, that's like I don't know, that's that's synonymous with Southern California yeah. lifestyle. You know, yeah, and I, you know, and I think like a lot of the whole like we've been having a rash of the whole like people closing down the freeway because they're doing donuts on the freeway and shit like that. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I mean, like in, in one aspect, it's. it's hysterical but at the other aspect is like that's what like is drawing that attention from the police to us right. um, and so I mean but that's what you get I mean like modified cars it's a rebellious activity like that's I, I've never met a car guy that was like I know it's like you know, I, I have a you know full bolt on speed three and the dude's like you know a tie wearing insurance salesman who like goes home and drinks beer and watches tv and goes to bed like i've never met that guy like you yeah. know what i mean the guy is always like oh yeah i race mountain bikes i rock climb i yeah. race skateboards i race motorcycles and this is well, my that's car what you know what I mean? to it because it's rebellious yeah. you know what I mean? oh yeah it's like drifting everybody gets into drifting because you have this dream of just sliding through intersections oh yeah and then once you get into drifting you're like no man that's irresponsible we gotta take it to the track but, you know, it's it's a constant whatever. It's yin and yang. You oh, know, yeah. that's what brings us all in is because it's, it's badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? like, so. it's, yeah. Let's kind of shift focuses. So we've, we've had the uh... – We've got the Focus and the Fiesta ST in the spotlight. Put the scissors down. <laughs> right. So uh, you didn't go the ST route. You chose the Mazda Speed 3 for your personal – it chose him. Pleasure. So let's go in on why you chose the Speed Three versus the. Oh man, gonna, gonna the... do me, gonna do me dirty like that and call me out. Um, okay, so, so truth be told, all right, I um, I, I'm not a fanboy. I've never been a fanboy of anything outside of an MR2 and Suzuki's. 
That's it. Suzuki Sidekicks and Samurais. Outside of that, yeah. the only car I've ever fanboyed about is an MR2. I happened to own a Mazda 3 uh, in 2009. And unfortunately, I didn't know enough about cars to know that the Speed 3 was coming out, the second generation. Um, and I got hooked in with the Speed community, even though I had a Mazda 3. Uh, so when it came time for me to get a different car, uh, I went to go buy a Speed 3. Not because I was a fanboy, not because I think the Speed 3 is a great car. In actuality, like I, I'm sure like somebody's going to be offended by this. I think the Speed 3 is largely an inferior car in its segment. Um, it doesn't have traction. It doesn't have an overly nice interior. It doesn't ride nice. It's a boat to push through corners. I, I don't really... I sold my Speed 3. Um, and I don't really... like. It was, it was a reliable car. It got me from point A to point B. I had a lot of fun modifying it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a particularly enjoyable car to modify. Um, but I got into it because that's kind of what I knew. Um, and then this, you know, a couple of people were like, "Oh, well, the Focus ST, you know, it's like a Ford uh, Speed 3. And um, this is probably where somebody will get offended. But uh, I, I've been a Japanese car guy my whole life uh, since I can remember. And I was like, "Ford? Are you kidding me? Found on road dead? No way. No thanks. Not <laughs> signing up that shit. Like, I want my car to actually last, you know." And so, like, yeah. I I had this whole mentality. And then it was also like, "Ford? Oh, you mean the people that knocked off the Speed 3?" Like, and, and truth be told, I wouldn't have bought a Speed 3 if I had more money. If I had more money, I would have bought a WRX. Uh, the 2011 through 2014 WRX and STR like my some of my favorite cars ever built. Um, but I I would have bought one of those. Um, I just didn't have enough money, so the option was between a Focus ST and Fiesta ST and uh, Speed 3. Now, oddly, I didn't pick the Fiesta ST, and I'm really not sure why because I've always loved the car. Um, and I, I knew the Fiesta ST was coming. I, I bought mine in 2013, so I, I, you know, I knew, I knew it was there. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't. Probably some Ford bias that I had. Uh, looking back on it, uh, my girlfriend hates Fiesta STs. Like, absolutely hates Fiesta STs. Uh, and I, every time I'm like, oh, it's a Fiesta ST. I love that. I want to sell my, you know, sell my sidekick and go buy a Fiesta ST. Uh, and she's always like, no, it looks like a shoe. Uh, so. <laughs> so so I, I I guess I got lucky that way. Um, but yeah, I, I bought a Speed Three because um, basically because it was a it was like it was like home. You know, I knew the chassis, I knew how to make it go fast. Um, yeah. But I looking back on it, I there were so many better options that I could have picked, and uh, I I just did what I did. I don't have a regret for buying it. I just don't have a whole lot of you know. So I'm not sitting there saying like, oh, Speed Three is the best thing ever. Uh, yeah. Between the two, the Focus ST I think is a um, Chassis and suspension-wise, I think it's a better vehicle. Uh, the Focus? The, yeah, the, the rear suspension, the Focus, is a lot better designed than the Speed um, as far as, like, the way things are mounted. And uh, the rigidity is a little bit higher, not a significant amount, but it is higher uh, from the factory. I think the, the other thing, though, that people don't look at is the aftermarket support as well as the community. Um, by and large, the Speed community is a very harsh group of people. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. You just have to have thick skin um, if you're going to be involved in that community. And uh, as such, they didn't get a whole lot of aftermarket support, and they still don't really retain a large aftermarket support because the community is very hard on vendors. Um, and so, and that's good. That weeds out a lot of really bad vendors, but mm -hmm. it kind of it kind of narrows that waters. Whereas the Focus ST. If you came up with some like you know crackhead idea to run some weird configuration on a Focus ST, there's someone out there that would think that's the coolest thing in the Focus ST and <laughs> want to like have it on the car. And so like it breeds this community of people that are like that aren't all thinking the same. 
Yeah. And they want something else. And so by that's that's the other reason why I think the Focus ST is uh, uh, more of the superior choice between the two is because as a large aftermarket support, the development is it's not slowing down right now. Um, I've, I'm in communication with a lot of other vendors um, and designers and manufacturers. And I'm telling you right now, there's some crazy shit that's about to like that just that gets mentioned to me that's coming out. And it's like every month there's something new. Uh, whereas the speed community, it's a lot slower with its progression. Right. Um, and if you look at even how quickly the chassis developed, so like uh, I know there's going to be some debate somewhere about how Justin Vaughn didn't set a 10 second uh, quarter mile time with his Focus ST because there's no video. Um, but I know Justin personally um, and I, I believe him. So the Justin hit a 10 second quarter mile and the speed three was just starting to get there and so it's like one of those things of the focus developed quicker because it had a lot more support on it uh than the than the speed and i'm sure there's a speed guy out there that's gonna flame me and roast me for saying that but that's my personal opinion uh after watching both communities over the course of the last you know seven eight years yeah well, and hey, you know, like our designer guy has a Speed 3, and yeah. he's funny because he's just like, I don't know, man, I just like it. You know, he's yeah. like, I had a Speed 3, and then he went and got a uh, Bug Eye WRX, had some other stuff, and went back to a Speed 3. He's like, I, you know, <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, just, it's... I just like it. And that's okay, man. A car oh, no, doesn't it's... have to be like, you know, like I was like that about a DSM forever. This was back in the day, you know, when there were still street cars, you know, and, and dailies and stuff. But it was, yeah, it was the same thing, man. It, it, you know, but it was good at one thing, just ripping tires and, you know, but it was fun. It was just a I'm, fun I'm, car. I'm not like trying to knock the speed through at all because there's a lot of people in that community that are doing some really cool things. And there's, yeah. uh, and the, the car itself, like, I, personally, I like the Gen 1s better than a Gen 2. I happen to have a Gen 2. Yeah. But the first generation speed threes are like, there's, there's something that, like, that car really attracted me uh, it, it, because, the like the Mazda Protege hatchback, the MP5, yeah. was like my first like foyer into cars like growing up where I was like, that car is so cool. And <laughs> it's I just funny thought, how like, that car had so many people like that, man. Yeah, so- you know, and then like the Speed 3 came out and I was like, wow, it's like it's like a, a refined like version of, of the those. MP5. Yeah. And so like I, I I don't think there's a hatchback out there that even gets close. Maybe the like 2011 through 14 STI hatchback, but there really isn't a hatchback out there for me at least that does quite what that first generation Speed Three did. And the sound that ex- that, that the Speed Three makes is just like it's an intoxicating exhaust noise. Like yeah. I, I love it. Like very. Um, they respond amazingly well to power adders too. Like I, I've never seen a car that did that. Like, and so it's like. You know, I'm I'm not trying to dig on on speed threes. It's just my my personal opinion is if you're gonna modify a car and you're looking for that front wheel drive, you know, full size hatchback type uh, thing, I would go. I would recommend the Focus ST over the Speed Three. Yeah, you know, I've noticed I've noticed just throughout uh, our conversation, there's been a lot of Mazda talk, and you know, even just non sports cars, Mazda makes. Are attractive in like their own way that people are and Mazda is infectious honestly yeah. like yeah. okay so I have my Focus ST here but I also have this little shitty brown oh Miata. yeah <laughs> through the community first off like you said the speed community does not have like the, the kindest following the Mazda community the Miata community by itself is the same way the Miata okay. 
me is like if if you are not running BCs and you are not like not scraping the ground, you are not okay. Like in any shape or form, you have the, you have the stance guys and then you have the track guys. Yeah, you have no. stance guys and then you have dad. So <laughs> other than that, I since I've been associated with these people, um, everybody that's thinking about their next car because at some point you need something more than a Miata, you oh, know. Yeah to drive at some point it's going to get to that point and nobody wants to go outside of monster they're like if it's not if it's not going if they yeah, go yada yeah. they go to a speed three or they go some to something similar to the or the to one that i've seen is a uh, is the mazda six a lot of the speed three guys will have a speed three they've dailyed it for a long time and then they're taking it to like uh, the next level and they're going more like track oriented only with it um, and they usually end up buying the new six, which like, man, that new Mazda six, that's a stunning car. Like yeah. it looks good. Like, it rides nice. Like I, the, the new, new six with the turbo. Yeah. Pretty, I haven't had a chance to play with one yet. Pretty damn impressive for the price yeah. of what you get and everything. And like you said, it's a stunning, whoever is designing for Mazda is yeah. freaking killing it. And whoever is making their engines is getting there. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like. <laughs> But yeah. like every one we drive with the magazine, I'm always just like, what? God, I think dang the design inside and out. Like the interior is like, yes, man. It is like it's trim and minimal, but like it's enough and it's sporty. You know, it's like I don't know, man. I feel like the Mazda CX-3. I don't get it. The Mazda yeah. CX-5 makes perfect sense. It oh, is yeah, a real totally. contender. The Mazda six. No, until they started putting the turbo in, and now all of a sudden it's a contender. Um, See, I, I feel like Mazda's biggest problem is it's like itself. Like, yeah. so Mazda shoots itself in the foot. Like, <laughs> I've watched them do it time and time again. You were telling and, me like, the Sky Active story. I don't remember it exactly, but yeah, it's... like they, the, the biggest one that, that kills me is like the Speed 3, they discontinue it, and then a couple years later, there's talk about the, um, about another speed three like a third generation speed three and those it's all coming leaked out of internal out of mazda and so like the speed three community is like oh okay cool yeah you know we're all ready for it and so like a mazda spokesperson come out comes out and says that mazda is not going to do another uh speed because they're mature now yeah and like i've never seen such an enraged group of people like yeah you can cut the focus st and if you think that was enraged group of people, the Speed 3 community, like, lost their damn mind yeah. when they said that. Because they were like, oh, I'm not mature. Just because I like having fun, I'm not mature. Like, what are, what are you, you know, what are you saying? Wow, you lost me as a follower. And, like, and like yeah, I mean, like, as a Speed owner, that kind of hurt. I'm like, I'm a, I mean, shoot, dude. But like, see, I, I'm, a, this... I'm a business owner. Like, I'm a mature guy, more <laughs> or less, kind of. Okay, probably not. But, like, I'm getting there. And, like... <laughs> And like you, you know, you're gonna, you're you gonna. You don't cut know me, me yeah. You don't know me. I rock climb. I'm responsible. <laughs> yeah. But like, but you know, you you hurt that that hurts to hear. It's like the Speed Three wasn't an irresponsible car. It was an irrational car. It yeah. wasn't irresponsible. Yes, perfect. Like it had a, it had a good, and to good me, crash like it was just it was ludicrous. Having driven like you know the Speed, or I'm sorry, having driven the Mazda Three without the Speed. There's no place for the Mazda 3. It was the same thing as the CX-3 where I was like, but this car is not less expensive per se than an ST or even a GTI, yet it's got vastly less horsepower. It, 
it looks like it. Like you look at it and you go, wait, this is that. It's that. Wait, it's nothing. You know, it's, yep. just, it's just a sedan in a world where nobody wants sedans. You know, it's yeah. like if it doesn't. How can you? How can Mazda come to the table without a damn turbo in their freaking hatchback? You know, like. They're their own worst enemy. There's somebody that like there's some bean counter out there in Apparently, Mazda that's just freaking... like, how am I gonna screw this company up with this new car? This CX3 looks sick. Yeah. Let's put slow in it. And apparently they went to dinner with Ford and shared yeah. their bad ideas. <laughs> Speaking of Mazda and and going back to the the whole speed speed three thing, um, tell me why if I'm scrolling through Craigslist. I'm seeing the first generation Speed 3s selling in decent condition for like $2,500. Are they really that cheap? So, so in California, a decent condition Speed 3 is like 5 to 6. Uh, and a Gen 2 in decent condition can get out to like 12. Um, it's actually the, the market for the Speed was weird. So I only know this market because I was actively trying to sell my Mazda when this occurred. Um, but they they were holding their value pretty well. So like my my speed three was holding at um at like sixteen grand when I was going to sell it, and I was like sick. Like I was I was hoping to use that for a down payment on my house. And so I was like, that's perfect, that's great. And then like I decided to sell my car, and it was like everyone decided to sell their car for nothing at that exact moment. <laughs> and like the price dropped. I had that thing up for sale for a year. I'm not even exaggerating. One whole year, and it took me to sell that car. Um, and I finally sold it for like I think eleven grand. Um, which was like not much more than I owed. <laughs> so yeah. So the uh, the the first generation is even worse. Um, I kind of feel like it kind of uh, again someone's gonna want to beat my ass over this one, but uh, but like I kind of feel like it hit the SRT four thing where it yeah. was like it's a very powerful, burly, rambunctious front wheel drive car in a world that wants all wheel drive and refinement. Right. And so you know like if if you're like the speed three builds like horsepower and torque really well. But if you're wanting to put that to the ground, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> you, like I'm sorry. You can put every brace I make on that car. You can put an upgraded limited slip differential and a set of like R comp tires on it. And it's still going to have problems. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, it, I think it's that, that thing of like people, people know that like, um, you know, it's, it's one of those cars that it, it doesn't i feel like it struggles to find its niche you can't really build a purpose-built race car out of a speed theory they're the first generation is getting to the age where you don't want to daily it because uh the motors are tend to be you know run hard put away wet and yeah. uh it wasn't it wasn't a motor that was designed to be run hard and put away wet it was yeah. it's kind of a, a more fragile motor um and so I think that's kind of kind of what happens with uh, with the Speed Three is it just is kind of falling into that like what do you you know like an old old DSM you would pick up like a GSX like you're not picking up a GSX because you have this like fantasy of like daily driving it you know <laughs> that you're not gonna do that yeah and if you do you're 16 yeah um, so, <laughs> and that's the end of that yeah <laughs> but you're buying it because you want to gut it put a cage in it and then go run some stupid times like yeah. that's what that's what you want to do um, and I don't think the Speed Three uh, I think the only way that people will do that is if the price is low, which is I think driven the price down dramatically. Yeah. So, kind of switch, switching gears a little bit, I want to know what fuels your motivation. Like, where where does 
What? How did you become a car guy? You said you became a car guy at in like 2009. So you were. You, it wasn't from an early age that you were a car guy. It, you, it was, but it wasn't. So, like, uh, I remember. I remember being little. My dad. My dad's a car guy. Uh, more of a motorcycle guy, but he was he was body man and mechanic forever, and he has like a currently has a 34 Ford that he's putting an LS swap in. I know total total <laughs> like sacrilege there, but uh, it's pretty rad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, but anyway, so he's like you know I remember driving around with him, and like I would see these MR2s, and I was like, Dad, what is that? And I was like, Is that a Ferrari? You know, I'm like five years old, six years old. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, it's a Toyota. And I was like, oh, what? The hell kind <laughs> and, uh, of Toyota is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, and he was like, no, but they're mid-engine. And I was like, this is so cool. And like the concept of owning a mid-engine rear-wheel drive car, like always, I, I love mid-engine. Dude, I've always cars. wanted one. I still want one. I've you wanted one for, no one. kidding. I've wanted one you for like 25 one. years now. They're dirt cheap. They'll always be dirt cheap. And you should definitely buy one. Yeah. Uh, and so I, 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 I'd followed the whole mr2 like i was actively watching auto trader which at the time was what you did uh, i'd buy an auto trader every like month or so and i would keep an eye on i was like 10 you know yeah. keeping an eye on the prices of mr2s and how much money i would need to save when i was 15 and so i could get one and um and so i i was always into cars um but not not severely and then um i got into racing downhill skateboards and then uh did you really oh yeah yeah man like i used i used That's to race with badass uh, yeah, like, it's funny, like, you go into, like, you see on TV, like, guys like Andrew Mercado or Misha Urban and those guys. I literally raced every weekend with them up in GMR. Uh, they probably wouldn't remember me. I was a nobody. I wasn't very good at it. Um, but, like, I was enough to hang, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I've been trapped at, like, 64, 65 miles an hour on a skateboard. Nope. Uh, <laughs> dude, hell yeah. <laughs> you need to do it. It's a great feeling. Um but yeah, so so I used to do that, and then it kind of got to the point where it got really dangerous. It's kind of where I'm at with climbing right now, uh, where I'm kind of realizing how dangerous <laughs> it is. Um, and so like, I was kind of looking... too good at this. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it got real, and um, and I started looking at the next thing. And my my best friend, um, he and I don't really talk anymore uh, for some other circumstances, but uh, but like mad respect to this kid, uh, Dylan is like he's just he's he's the next level kid anyway he uh i always call him a kid he's like two years younger than me but he's just he's like my <laughs> little brother we used to call him my little brother and so um so yeah dill uh dill had an evo um and you know he, he's mr evo like like literally his initials are dsm yeah. uh, like, and so like he like he like breathes evos and i i loved it like i i thought it was cool um i rode in a gsx when i was younger and i thought that was like the coolest car in the world and then, it was. yeah, it was. <laughs> he's like, I got the boost turned up to 16 PSI. And I thought <laughs> yeah. it was the coolest shit in the world. Dude, um, that's how we do it. But then, uh, then I, I had this other friend that was, uh, he had an 04 STI and I, I'll never forget it. We were one day after work, he's like, Hey, let's go for a drive. And I was like, all right. So I hopped in the car and we went down the 15 freeway at three in the morning after work at like, no joke. We were 145. And like that mm -hmm. feeling when we, when he came into boost in like third gear, and I was just like, this is it. Like, I know what I'm about. Like, I, I in that like five second period of time, I um, knew my future. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I have to do from here on out for the rest of my life. I will be doing this. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, we did that. And then um, and then so I started hanging around Dylan about cars instead of skating, which we used to skate together. 
and he was like oh you know this is that and i bought my mazda 3 gave me a bunch of shit because it was a 3 and not a speed 3 and i should have bought an evo and I, I hung out with the evo guys and i remember asking them like hey you know what uh what what should i do to make my my mazda faster and this one guy his name's alan uh he's a actually a really famous guy in the evo community he's built a lot of very high horsepower uh cars he's a tuner um alan slowly turned and looked at me and he was like all right, I'll tell you how to make your Mazda 3 fast. He's like, it's real easy. You take your keys, drive your car up to South Coast Mitsubishi, you walk in the door, <laughs> take, hand them the keys, and you buy yourself an Evo, and you buy yourself a real car. <laughs> and then he turned around and then completely ignored me for the rest of the night. <laughs> and like, and like, looking back, like I was so offended. Like It hurt so bad. And um, I, looking back on it, like, Damn, that was the funniest shit I think anyone ever said to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally deserved it. <laughs> that was that was what got me into the whole car community. You know, it was like these these guys that were doing they were doing everyone was exploring. Everyone was going somewhere no one else had been before. They were pushing limits. They were they were trying different things. Um, you know, there was uh, the guys that I hung around like we were we didn't have money, so we'd like modify with what we could and and not like. I'm in a plasti dip shit. Like we modified things. Like we right, cut yeah. exhaust, built intakes from like AutoZone parts. You know the Spectre shit. Yeah, yeah, auto, yeah. You know, we did all the dumb shit that you should never do. Uh, and it was just I don't know. It was cool. And and from that point on, that was that was that was it. You know what I mean? Like I I couldn't get away from it. But it was always it was always there. Like cars were always there. I've always been a tinker. I've always been an entrepreneur. And this just gave me the outlet for it. Like. I mean, if if I was into airplanes, I'd be welding airplane parts. Um, yeah. I, I, I love I love auto, uh, aqua stuff, so anything like boats and stuff like that. So I'm sure somewhere down the line, I'm gonna building boat parts. Like, you know, that shit's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> but just you know, cars. There's there's so much you can do. Like, there's I I could I could spend all day working on this car and never run out of things to do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, like because I. Like I said, I've been following you on social media for a pretty good while now, so I've seen the build from pretty much start to finish, I think, watching yeah. it over Instagram. And it, just seeing it on your social media, you're almost, like, emotional with it. You can definitely tell that that, that specific build, that MR2, means the world to you. So tell us why. Like, what what so, is it so special? So- so I'm I'm kind of like I've had this weird thing because of my business to where uh, I'm very dedicated to business before everything else, and so I, I've had my Speed Three had bolt-ons, like I said, it was full bolt-ons, but it wasn't like a big turbo, um, and I've never really had that car that I felt like I should invest money in, um, and so I I had it I had this I had this MR2 before I had a, I had a white MR2 turbo uh, I bought it in 2012 at like the last day of 2012. Um, I sold my, my Mazda 3 for business reasons and I uh, needed money. So I bought this Beater MR2 and um, and I proceeded to do everything wrong. Like just everything wrong. I, 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 I knew how to build suspension parts. I didn't know how to you know properly put parts on for building power. Uh, and so I just ruined that car. Like I gutted it. I you know I, I was building a race car and even you know it was my only car um and I, I gutted it I put I welded the pinch clamps on it I I you know went through and just eBay downpipe eBay turbo manifold like just everything you should not do um and then um I was racing my friend's golf R uh 
still hate Kevin for that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, he's a good guy. He has an S2000 now, and we work together on that. But uh, anyway, uh, Kevin's the reason. I was racing him one night down um, down his back road, and uh, I was trying to keep up with a golf R in my MR2. That was just this ratchet <laughs> piece of crap. Uh, 200,000 miles. And so 16 PSI is the end of uh, your fueling on an MR2. After that, there's no fuel. Um, and I looked over at my boost gauge, and it was, like, bouncing at 20. And that was the top of my boost gauge. So it was fast 20, 20 <laughs> PSI. And I I had done that a few times in the past, and I didn't think anything of it. And, like, sometimes it would just bog really hard, and I couldn't figure out why it was doing that. That was the knock sensor retarding timing uh, <laughs> because I was knocking hard. Right. And so uh, one day I uh, pulled the ring lands out of the oil pan, and that was the end of that motor. Um, and so anyway, long story short, I blew that thing up. I ruined that car. And I look back on it, and it really never sat well with me. Um, there aren't a whole lot of these cars left. Yeah. Um, I know earlier I said they're everywhere, but they're everywhere for a used car from the early 90s. Yeah. But I, there's not a whole lot left, and I ruined one of those. And so it really hurt me. Um, I just kind of – I'm a historical person, and that, that bothered me. And so I picked this one up after years of, of like, my girlfriend had broken up with me, and she didn't like MR2s, and you shouldn't buy one. And so Is I was like, you're right. Was... does not like Fiestas? Uh, no comment, but, yeah, we got, back <laughs> together. Uh, we got back together. And subsequently, she says she likes MR2s. I'm working on the Fiestas All for right. you, I, I promise, Willie, I'll get her to come around. Um, uh, like, dude, let's be honest. Girls should not like Fiestas. Like, my wife hates it. She, I don't even think she, she doesn't even know what it is still. She's like that red car. That's all she calls it. You know, like, well, you could sell that red car. I certainly would, you know, but, but. My focus on mom car one more time. I'm going to lose my <laughs> But an MR2 is a sexy car. Exactly. And so, so like, I snagged this one when we were broken up for a little bit. And uh, it had 238,000 miles on it. I'm sure they were all highway miles. Yeah, <laughs> and I picked it up in the ghetto of uh, San Bernardino, which, if you don't know, is like kind of like the armpit of California. Like, it's just a shithole. Um, so this thing was just beat. Uh, it had dents in it. But, like, all in all, it was a pretty straight car. Um, and it, had, it, was, it was a non-turbo model, which was important to me to do. I knew I wasn't going to keep a stock motor in it. Um, and so I picked it up. And I took it home, and I, I loved it immediately. It was, it was everything I remembered about my MR2 without any of it breaking all the time because my old one was just a bucket of bolts. Um, and I knew something special was going to happen with it. Like, I, I just felt it. And so I was like, I'm going to do a 4th Gen 3S GTE turbo swap into it, and I'm going to build that. But something hit me around that same time. Kevin had his S2000, and he kept it all motor. And Kevin's kind of like a... He's like a it's like a big brother hero figure for me. I really, really look up to that guy. And I was talking to him, and he's like, no, nah, man, he's like, too much power for, for my chassis. I just, I leave it all motor because I can I can drive it in better that way, and it's more fun. And it was just like, all these gears, like, clicked into place of, like, oh, you mean you don't have to have a big turbo Evo? But no, it has to be turbo. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it's like, whoa, like, this, this happened, you know? And so... I, I found I discovered this motor. It's called a 3SGE Beams Red Top, um, and they were put in the MR2s. They were also put in the Celicas. Um, a lot of them were in the Celicas. There were only a thousand in the MR2s, and they were only in Japan. Um, and then about half of those came with an S54 limited slip transmission. Um, and so 
I was drawn to it. It's a really sexy motor. Like it's got the red intake manifold, red co- like uh, valve cover. Um, it's got variable valve timing. It's a 200 horsepower, 7200 RPM red line, all motor, 150 foot pound torque screamer. Uh, it's basically like Toyota's weird B16s were out, but the K20 was coming, yeah. and so Toyota started playing with VVTI at that time. Um, and so I, I snagged one for like uh, I got one for a thousand bucks, like no joke. And like these things are really rare, and they should have sold for more. And he didn't. The guy that was selling it, like the importer, like was like, "Oh, we have an MR2 Beams Red Top. It's like twelve hundred bucks." And I was like, "Cool." Went down, picked it up, loaded it up in a truck, took it home immediately. Yeah. And I, I didn't really think I was ever going to actually put it in the car. It was just kind of one of those pipe dreams. Yeah. And uh, it happened one day, you know, like my dad and I sat down and we he helped me put it in. My dad, I, I'm not a mechanic by any means. Don't ever yeah. have me work on your car. <laughs> I can I can build your braces. I can weld like a mofo, but I cannot do mechanic <laughs> stuff. And so my dad helped me put it in there. And uh, we got it was a really fun weekend. We got it in there. We got it running. And uh, yeah, and then I, I wrapped it. Did all my dad and I did the body work on it. We wrapped it. And I, you know, I made sure to like, I, well, you'll probably kill me for this, but like I went through and like, everything is authentic Toyota, TRD, <laughs> Tom's all authentic Japanese parts. I know it hurts Bunch to of say damn it. people that don't advertise in American tuner magazines. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, exactly. definitely people who don't support S3 magazines, <laughs> assholes, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so I did that in, um, and I, you know, I've, I've kept it, you know, stock airbox, stock, everything I can, um, and it's just like it's, it's a magical car, you know. Dang it just it. does everything for me. This was going so well. I did. Like I just the first shit all hour and fifteen minutes, and now I just want to get off of here and go see if I can find an MR2. Dude, because I am just old enough, right? Like, like I'm 38, so I don't remember how what those came out in what 91 or something. Was yeah, 91 was the like the year was uh, 90 when they came out, but the model year was 91. Like, okay, so yeah, I was what 10 or 11 years old. I was still living in Jacksonville, Florida, coastal town. So it was all about t tops and two doors, and there, dude, Florida's all about like I want yellow, I want turquoise. It was always the cool colors, you know. Whereas where we, I, I'm in Atlanta now, and it's all like. I want, how many shades of gray do you have? I want the, like the lighter gray. I don't, you know, it's like, seriously, I drive around and I lose my shit because every car is black or gray. Um, but yeah, so like that car to me is so like nostalgic, you know, like I so bad want yellow, red, teal, that turquoise, that deep turquoise that they had or something like that. SMG. Because um, I don't know, man, it was right on that time where like, Right as like the 90s hit, it's all of a sudden the angles were gone and the cars got smooth and it was like, it was so obvious to me, at least as a 10 year old, as it was happening, I was like, what is happening? Like, this is like the turn of the decade. Is this how the world works? Whenever a decade changes, everything changes. Like it was, it was insane. And that car was just one of those that like stuck out. Ironically, another one that makes no sense by today's standards was like the Geostorm. Oh god! The little trackers and shit, because they were always yellows and turquoise, and like the it, bumpers got big on the storm, and it was like, damn, the windows were sealed. There were no more rain don't, gutters. Don't talk the geo stuff, man. I got I daily drive a '98 <laughs> Suzuki Sidekick Sport, Hell which yeah. is a Jap- Japanese version of a tracker. Oh my geo, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, I'm I'm not kidding you. Anyone listening, if you ever need a cheap form of transportation that you can just kick the ever living shit out of, literally, 
Literally, bias, when I used to ballet cars, one yeah, of the girls like, that worked there had one, and like her hood was kind of caved in, and I was like, "Man, what happened to your hood?" And she's like, "Oh, it's nothing." Boom! And it's like it was kind of like a barrel; it just went boom and went back in place. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, we sit on it or whatever." And my kinda... radiator cracked like a couple like months ago. I was up in Mammoth, which is like five hours away from home. My radiator, <coughs> and I'm not even exaggerating. I didn't even think about it. I was like, "My, my radiator's cracked." I drove like five hours home in like sweltering heat and I got home and I was like, it's like pouring coolant. You know, I didn't put coolant in on the way down. Like I ran it out of coolant on the way home. Like <laughs> obviously, obviously it had enough to like run and not overheat. Yeah. And I got, I got home and like, I was like, oh, I should fix that. It was 48 bucks for a new radiator and I swapped it in an hour. Like, awesome. you know, and like there's not many cars that are like that where like you really only need a 12, a 10 and a 14 to get shit Hondas. done. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend in high school, uh, shout out Cameron, he's in the Navy now, but uh, <clears throat> his family is a whole, like 300 ZX enthusiasts. So Man, they, I'm sorry, that's a lot they, of wrenching. <laughs> they give up like Z days and Canada and everything, yeah, they said if you're going to have we'll be prepared to work. But he bought, he bought so he could, he was doing an engine swap because he bought two wrecked ones and a shell of a good one. Like make to make a 300 ZX. So he bought a Geo Tracker, and uh, he, he he loved it. It had like bright baby blue wheels and white. I mean, oh, it yeah. was authentic 90s. And he drove to school one day, and the whole front end was caved. And I was like, "Dude, what'd you do?" He was like, "It was fucking raining, and I went around the corner. <laughs> and the bills were turned, but it went straight right into my damn tree." And my- <laughs> He said so. I just backed it up and parked it. He said, "Radiator's fucked, but it'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, so. like I, I, like I, I, my friends asked me, like, um, you know, if you're ever poor, what would you buy? And I was like, this is back when I had a Speed Three, and I was like, not saying I'm poor now, uh, but but I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, he's like, you know, if you're poor, what would you buy? And I was like, immediately, I was like, Suzuki Sidekick or Samurai. I used to have a Samurai, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Suzuki Sidekick or Samurai, and they're like, why? And I was like, this is a real simple solution look at what people drive in third world countries there's a reason why they're driving it and i was yeah. like so a toyota hilux and a suzuki they're always over there why because they're like oh got some bubble gum and duct tape that'll yeah. fix that we're good to go for another ten thousand miles my transmission <laughs> my transmission makes this grinding noise i haven't fixed it my my motor i bought this thing a year ago my motor has um i've put fifteen thousand miles on it since then Every oil change since I got it, it has metal shavings that are like, you know, half the size of a dime. And it's been doing that. It doesn't make any weird noises and it keeps going. And like, I, I mean, I'll swap it. It's only like a grand for a new motor, but like, it's just, it keeps going. And I, I, don't, I think, I think I'll probably like end up selling the car before it actually needs a motor. Like, right. But it's like these huge metal shavings. If that happened to like this MR2, I'd lose my shit. Like I'd be like, oh my god, this motor's done. But it keeps going. It's alright. It's just cleaning itself. Yeah. Like yeah. for a long time. So this is a weird story. So I've always <laughs> been a I've I've always been a car guy, right? But back in high school, okay. Danny does Wooly knows this. I'm in, in the middle of Podunk ass Alabama. That's where I live. So in high school, I <laughs> that's where I live. Two hundred people in my graduating class, right? So I thought I was this country 
pumpkin, dude. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I had a 1998 Z71 and uh, with, you know, big mud tires on it, brush guard and everything. I love that truck. But I was still a car guy. I put 13 grand in that thing before I hydroplaned and totaled it, right? So, of course, they gave me $4,000 for it. But, uh, so after that, um, I get another truck, get an F-150, and then it starts crapping out on me. So I'm like, well, crap, I need something. I'm going to college. I roll up to the dealership that my family buys all of their Fords from because they only buy from one person. And you get, <laughs> well, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> like, you got this thing. I'm like, well, that'll do. So I, you look like a damn ricer. You probably like this shit. I heard the ST, the ST makes it faster. So I, I buy it, and you know, I don't know what it is. I end up on the forum I mentioned earlier, ST drivers, and and I'm like, whoa, people actually like drive these things. And I fell in love, of course. So back when I had the other truck, I needed. At the time, I was like, I'm going to keep this truck. I need a daily driver, right? Buy a Civic, '97 Civic EX, five speed. Biggest piece of shit I've ever learned owned in my entire life. I could not keep it running for more than two days. <laughs> oh god! So, uh, I start looking, and I, I I meet a buddy that has a Miata. And you know, my entire life growing up in Alabama, you're like, you pussy, you don't want no Miata. That's gay <laughs> man's car. Oh god! You're, you're trained as an Alabamian citizen that you'd never want a Miata until you meet someone from out of state that has one, and then you're like. Hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I can swing it, you know. So I sell the Civic. I, I buy my Miata, and it it just seems to keep going. It it burns more oil than I can keep in it, and it leaks a lot. I'll probably mop up the puddle when I pull it out in the morning. But the stupid thing just keeps going. Yep. Well, I take that back. One time I went in the <laughs> Okay, I Except that time it didn't. That wasn't true at all. That was, that was I what I wanted to happen. Into my college for literally less than three minutes. I walked in, turned into an assignment, walked back out, no spark. I had to get it towed home. Still, to this day, I do not know why it lost spark. It just <laughs> started sparking again one time. And so, but yeah, other than that, it just keeps on kicking. And I really want to try to blow it up. Willie offered me his Fiesta stock turbo. And I have my Focus's intercooler, so I'm really debating you just sending it, but who knows? It's like my, my uh, sidekick's the same thing. I got I got a sledgehammer. That sledgehammer I was talking about earlier that I bought, I keep that in my sidekick because that's my GM starter. Since Suzuki's <laughs> owned by GM, you know? And uh, yeah, you just got to bang on the side of the starter every now and then because it won't start, especially in the post office parking lot when you're dropping off orders. <laughs> I don't know why it always does it there, but hey, whatever, you know, you hit it a few times with the hammer and uh, off we go. <laughs> One time that looks fun. Cracker barrel at it went the starter on the Miata went out and I was like Cracker Barrel. Do you have Cracker Barrels in California? Oh my god, yeah. The closest one is like in Arizona, Nevada, but like holy shit, like as a Californian, like you you make sure to stop at a Cracker Barrel on the way out of town or out of state. Like, those places are bomb. It, so the starter goes out, and literally these people were, like, going to a wedding. There's, like, an entire family and this woman in a wedding dress standing outside. And I can't remember what it was. 
but they saw the starter went out and I was beating on it with <laughs> a crowbar that I kept in the trunk for occasions like that and it would not start. So literally I turned the ignition switch on and like this entire family, including the woman in the wedding dress, are pushing my Miata <laughs> the cracker barrel parking lot so that I can roll start it. Oh hell well, yeah. They're probably thinking let's Let's help this little gay boy get uh, out of there before he gets hurt. <laughs> His son's getting real low right now. Get out of here, get out of here before the, the boys come out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at, what, an hour and 35 minutes. Yeah. You think that's good? I'm afraid on this old-ass computer, if we keep talking, I'm just going to, like, overdo my memory or freeze something up or something. Well, I guess that about sums it up for I'm sure we'll we'll have you back just because you're such a you're you're a joy to have on the S three podcast and we can I appreciate it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to I do it. apologize for how much I talk, so I, I'm sorry. Once you give me talking no, cards, dude, it, happens, shut up. it happens all the time. Um I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Was there anything that you felt like oh man, I gotta say that before we leave? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Announce here. Uh, keep a lookout for S3 doing uh, some more work with TV performance in the future, like we have done in the past. I I don't want to give away the whole thing, but we have a plan on you taking the TV's parts on both the Focus and Woolies Fiesta, taking it to North Carolina Ooh. to the Tale of the Dragon, and doing a little bit of some comparison. So. What Keep an about, eye out for that. You really want to see what TV. Speaking of that, I actually need I need to. I need to tell you guys. I, I actually got to ask you something after after we're done with this. Uh, I got to ask you guys something about that particular plan of yours. Yeah. I've got a. I, I've got some ideas for you. I was gonna see if you're down for. Cool. Well, you yes. look like you're about to say something. I was. Uh, crash bars. You're doing crash bars. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the that's the new one. Um, I just I just released them for the Focus. The Fiesta will be coming in a couple of months. Uh, but the Focus ST and RS use the same part. Um, wait, 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 wait. You said the Fiesta's coming in a couple of months? Uh, yeah. So so okay. I heard from somewhere down the line. But okay, yeah, yes. Cool. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you will be uh, be inheriting one, Dude. as it were. Dude, uh, I want one so freaking bad. I got so excited when I saw you were making them, and I was like, damn it, Focus. I don't know why I didn't tell you when I was doing the R and D on it because I've been working on it for a couple of months now. Yeah. Uh, but the the Fiesta is definitely coming. Usually, I release the Focus parts first, just because there's a larger More. number of yeah. those. But oh, I, yeah, I don't that's like smart thing to do. <laughs> I don't I don't generally forget the Fiesta ST. Like I I love the car, so like oh, yeah. even if it had like two people modifying it, I'd go make parts for it because I love it. So. Fiesta guys have been blowing me it's up. Such like, a, it's such a game changer, like just for the looks of the car. You know, it's, oh, it yeah, it's, puts it on a different level instantly. I, I do have to say, anyone listening, though, it is for off-road use only. My lawyer made me say that. Um, I'm not responsible for Copy any that. damages, uh, anything related to it. Uh, it is replacing the OEM crash bar, and subsequently, God only knows what would happen if you get in an accident. I'm I'm not an engineer. I mean, you guys heard me earlier, so <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're building a race car, it is a fantastic piece, and it looks absolutely dope as hell. I love it. So awesome. Yeah. All, All right. right. So be sure to check out Danny, um, or I think it's what's your Instagram handle at TB Performance Products. Yeah. 
at TB underscore performance underscore products. Um, TBPerformanceProducts.com. I'm sure we'll have uh, – we're doing – Danny is sending out some goodies for the focus. We're film, still filming stuff for that. We have a whole bunch of parts that um, some lovely companies have included for that. And then we're looking forward to seeing more of your crash bar development, and I'm sure Willie's going to be hounding you. Oh, the- I, well, that's probably why I didn't tell him about it during R&D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be hounding you. Like I, I told Wooly that I wanted a roof rack and a cargo thing for my Focus, and literally the next week, Wooly had one on his Fiesta. So of course, and that sure was an accident. <laughs> no, yeah, that's because uh, my buddy Anthony. We featured his Fiesta. He's got a big turbo Fiesta. He uh, he wanted he posted up. I knew he was trying to sell his little rack, you know, and I was kind of lowballing him, and I. And he was like, all right, yeah, come get it. But he lives, like, even though he lives in the same city, it's freaking hour and a half away, you know? So I just hadn't done it. And then he wanted some factory wheels and tires. And I was like, hey, bro, I have some of them. Let's make a trade. So, yeah, now I got a big old cargo box on my car. Shit. It's cool looking, though, but... It, it, it fits. It <laughs> fits your style perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, the kind of... I don't know, man. That's what attracted me to the car. It's like I said, I was like... I was having major, like, nostalgic hot hatch fever, you know? And I was like, man, I want a Fiesta. I want wings on wings. I want every wheel to be a different color. I want to bring back just, I want to be a ricer again, you know? Like, it's just, yeah. it's an obnoxious car that you can't lose with, man. Because, ah, you know, you run up on a Mustang or a Camaro or something and he beats you. Well, yeah, he should. But if he doesn't, <laughs> you know, like if you catch him slipping, you never let him live it down. It's just, I don't know, man. I love the thing. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, I guess that's good night. That, that'll be whatever, part one. Like you said, we'll have you back. Um, you're, yeah, you're good at podcasting. You want to do this for me? Hey, I mean, anytime you guys need me, let me know. I'm down. I'm, I'm, I, I, like I said, I apologize for talking so much. <laughs> no, man. No, it's. We've seriously because this is um, this is still new to S three as far as the podcast goes. We're trying, you know, we're still in our R R and D stage, trying to figure out what we've got going. That's on. That's why I said, you want to do this for me? I'll just make a shirt that says Wooly. Nobody on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean the hair. Yeah, I look. <laughs> we'll get you one of those hats with dreads built in. I'll have my roommate come and he'll talk for me. Uh, he's, yeah. he's got dreads, so See? you know. I mean, hell yeah. Work. <laughs> Anyways, I think the next. Keep keep out keep a lookout for the next podcast. I think we're going to be talking about or Mike and Willie uh, is going to be talking about um, sponsorships. Yeah, and then we're hounding our Brada um, Anthony from Brada Wills has said that he's supposed to be on here, but he keeps rain checking us, so we'll we'll hound him some more. But other than that, any, anything else you want to add, Willie? No, I'll see y'all. All right, <laughs> all right, there you go. Take it easy. <laughs>